Well, it's a great honor to be here. Thank you so much for your hospitality and uh, the introduction. Um, Pastor Tark is getting commissioned for that great introduction uh, today. And uh, sometimes when people introduce you, uh, you're sort of like, is that really me? Did that really happen? Uh, but uh, yeah, just thank you so much. It's been an honour to be here this weekend. Had a great time with the young adults last night and then this morning at the 9am. I'm preaching a different message at every service. So this message is different from the 9am. Tonight I'm preaching on the fire of God and I'm just believing that God is going to continue to just build a momentum around the work of the Spirit in the life of the church. I've heard so much about this church. Uh, Pastor Joel Home is a friend. Uh, Pastor Dave McCracken has been a mentor and a spiritual father in my life. Uh, Steve McCracken is a brother uh, and uh, is uh, part of our church in Melbourne. And so there's lots of connections. And I had the privilege of ministering with Pastor Tuck at a conference in Melbourne last year. And God just knows who to connect. I believe that uh, God joins the dots, kingdom connections for sovereign purposes. And it's just an honor to come and play a small part in what God's doing in this great land. Would you turn with me to John 10, 27? I want to read one verse of scripture to you. Last night I preached from John 10. Today, Pastor Sam uh, shared a thought or a reading from John 10. I want to read verse 27. This verse of scripture has shaped my life probably more than anything else. And in verse 27, Jesus is speaking and he says this, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I want to speak to you today about hearing God's voice. Hearing God's voice. Now, several years ago, I went and played uh, that game that uh, grown men fantasize about could become their career, and it's paintball skirmish. I don't know if you've ever played paintball skirmish. Some of you are like, what on earth is that? It's where people run around and pretend that they're on a battlefield and all of their childhood fantasies of Star Wars and uh, all of the action movies all rolled into one. And basically it could be that the mission could be to capture the flag. The mission could be to eliminate the opposition, whatever it is. But uh, it's a game where grown men consider it a legitimate career option in life. Okay, And so I was playing this particular game this day and with all of my friends and it's in a, obviously a controlled environment. And one of my friends aimed his paintball gun at me and he shot that paintball uh, pellet into my mask and visor and it went through the grid or the filters in my mask and visor and went straight into my left ear. And immediately, someone thought that was funny, and, and I still have resentment in my heart. Please pray for me towards my friend. And so uh, that pellet went into my ear, true story, and immediately I couldn't hear out of my ear. There was ringing, but like a, a good Aussie male, you just keep on playing the game. And so it got to the end of the scenario. I went to the bathroom, tried to get water, out of my, uh, water into my ear to get the pain out. Nothing I did would actually stop this um, ringing or this uh, inability to hear. The next day was Sunday. I got up to preach. I could only hear out of my right ear. 
And so as I'm preaching, it didn't matter whether I preached good or I preached bad. I couldn't hear encouragement or criticism. So I just decided to go for it, right? Then my PA took me to the hospital afterwards and a doctor sort of inspected my ear and discovered that the paint from that paintball had actually hardened around my eardrum and it actually stopped my ability to hear. They started to talk about surgery. I started to talk about getting another doctor and another hospital. And I said, you're not opening up my ear. I said, surely there's got to be something. And a specialist came in and gave me these nuclear-powered eardrops that over the next seven days, three times a day, as I administered these eardrops, the paint came out of my ear and I began to hear again. I'm believing that this message today would be like a spiritual eardrop to your soul and to your heart because there's an anointing on this message that as you begin to receive of it by faith in your spirit, if there's been a hardness of hearing in your heart towards the voice of the Holy Spirit, I'm believing by the end of this message and the end of this day, you by faith are going to hear God's voice more clearer than you've ever heard before. You see, just as my friend aimed his gun at me, Satan's target of attack in your life is your spiritual hearing. And the reason is because of Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It is a dangerous place to be when you can't hear the voice of God in your life anymore because you are left to depend upon your own humanity. You're left to depend upon your own ability and capacity to make things happen. And the book of Jeremiah tells us the heart is deceitful above all things. So if you're listening to the voice of your intuition and your heart and you can't hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, You are living according to your own might and your own power. And Zechariah 4 tells us it's not by might nor by power, but it's by the work of the Spirit in our lives. Hearing God's voice is a skill that you cultivate and develop. It's not just something that you are born again with. Yes, God has done a redemptive saving work in your life and in your heart. But how many of us know any relationship in our life that is healthy and is growing requires effort and intention? So hearing God's voice is an intentional skill that you develop and it will save you from a life of sure boredom and self-destruction. If you are bored in your faith right now, my guess is you're probably not hearing the voice of God because the voice of God will send you on a dynamic, exciting adventure beyond your wildest dreams. If you're living a life where your choices are leading to a whole lot of destructive outcomes, probably it's because there's an absence of the voice of God. But when we cry out for insight and wisdom, as the book of Proverbs and Psalms exhorts us, God responds with His voice and we begin to align our lives with that voice. I'm telling you, you'll begin to see more fruitful, productive harvest outcomes in your life. One of the pastors that I preached for in Adelaide many years ago He's now retired. 
he was mentored in the early parts of his walk by a man of God who was a merchant sailor who actually had a ticket to the Titanic. And this merchant sailor who was so discerning of the voice of God as he was walking the plank to hop onto the Titanic over a hundred years ago, he was standing at the entrance and the Holy Spirit said to him, do not go. And he heard that voice and it was so compelling within him, he literally turned away and walked off the plank and lived to tell the story. I'm telling you, hearing God's voice is not like a party trick that we share it with our friends. Look what I can do. It will save you from a life of making poor decisions. It was just two weeks ago. I'm preaching in a church in Perth and God begins to speak to me about a man in the congregation that was about to make a major financial investment and decision. And I began to call this word of knowledge out. And, and all of a sudden, uh, there were some other details and it just, the place went silent. And so everyone gets nervous when no one responds straight away. But I've learned just to sit in the pocket of what God has just said and allow him to do what he does. Finally, a man puts up his hand. And I pray over him and God begins to give me a word of caution and warning that he needed to test and discern before he invests. He contacts us and the pastors of that church 48 hours later and said he was about to make a multi-million dollar decision that he had a check in his spirit about, but he was going to proceed because he hadn't had a confirmation. And God brings a man from the other side of Australia to the church to speak the word of the Lord into that man's life. He decides to step back, not go through with the investment. And he said it was the right decision. Why? Because I heard the voice of God. You see, if hearing God is so important, no wonder there is a spiritual war that's raging for our attention. And what Satan does is he uses several weapons to attack our hearing. There are many different weapons and strategies, but there are three common ones. The first strategy the enemy uses are the distractions of everyday life. Some of us are so distracted by our iPhones and our iPads, we haven't got any time for the original Apple product, the great I am. Forget your iPhone and your iPad, what about the great I am? Now, if you have a Samsung Galaxy, don't worry, that'll blow up in your face, okay? But, but if you've got an Apple product, it's going to be a distraction to you. You see, uh, research tells us that the average attention span now of a functional human being in a Western nation is about eight seconds, true story. Do you know the average attention span of a goldfish is nine seconds? So we have less attention span than a dumb goldfish who's wandering around the aquarium, bumps into the the glass and then turns around and goes, oh, I've forgotten about the other side, let's bump into the glass on the other side. Why is that? Because we have allowed the distractions of modern contemporary life to steal our attention away from the voice of the Holy Spirit. Another strategy the enemy uses are the opinions of people around about us. Someone once said opinions are like armpits. Everyone's got one and most of them stink. And I think there's a lot of truth to that is that there comes a point in your journey, thank God for good counsel, thank God for the perspectives of people who are further down the road than us. But the Bible tells us in 2 Kings 18, 21, how long will you go limping between two different opinions? 
In other words, if you listen to too many opinions and you ignore the voice of God, your spiritual walk will turn into a limp and you'll actually be immobilized and paralyzed from moving forward in what God has for your life. Some of us have heard God, but we're going to everybody else to try and get their opinion on what God has said and we are paralyzed in our journey and in our destiny rather than stepping out in faith and being obedient to what God has already asked us to do. Another common strategy are the lies of deception we believe about God and ourselves. The Bible tells us that Satan is the father of lies. His strategy from Genesis 3 right through to our generation is to plant seeds of doubt about what God has already spoken to us. In Genesis 3, the original snake, Satan himself, came to us talking about Australia, a land of snakes. Uh, The original snake comes to Adam and Eve, our original parents, and questioned what God had said. Cast a doubt upon the truth of what God had spoken over Adam and Eve. His strategy has not changed. He still comes to question. He still comes to accuse. He still comes to condemn and cast doubt upon what God has spoken into our lives. That's why in 1 John 4, 1, it says, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see whether they are from God. Now, biblically, there can only ever be one of three voices speaking to you at any one time. If a psychiatrist was preaching on this platform today, they would say, if any voices are speaking to you, come and book an appointment with me. We need to help you. But biblically, spiritually, there are and can only be one of three voices. The first voice is obviously the voice of the Holy Spirit. The voice of the Holy Spirit is characterized by life. Even when the Holy Spirit corrects you or rebukes you for something, it's not to punish you, it's to produce the fruit of life in you. Jesus said, I've come that you may have life, life in all of its fullness, life in all of its abundance. Everything God does, His nature, His work in our life is about producing the fruit of life. The second voice is the voice of the demonic or Satan. It's the voice of lies. It's characterized by stealing killing and destroying everything good, everything godly, everything of destiny that God intends for your life. His agenda is to to befriend you, to steal something from you, and in order to deceive you, will lie to you about what God thinks about you. I don't know about you, but I can't afford to have a thought in my head about me that isn't in God's head about me. Because if I'm entertaining thoughts in my life or in my head about my identity and about my significance in God that is separate to what God says about me, I'm listening to the voice of the deceiver. The third voice is the easiest voice to hear and discern because it's the voice of the flesh. It's characterized by laziness. You and I heard it this morning when we woke up. Turn the alarm off. Let's just sleep a little bit longer in bed. Maybe, you know, when you're looking at that extra slice of lemon meringue pie, let's just take one more slice. Have you ever heard that voice? Or am I the only unspiritual person in the room who has ever heard that voice? You and I know what that voice is like because it's that voice that wants us to live according to the lowest common denominator of the instinct of our flesh. 
Three voices, the voice of the spirit, the voice of the enemy, and the voice of our flesh. So the question that you've got to ask yourself is how do you discern between the three voices? This is where Jesus' words in John 10, 27 come into play. Jesus is having a conversation with the Jews in the temple and he starts to describe his followers, people who call themselves disciples of Jesus and he likens us to sheep. Now, I don't know about you, I would more like to be likened to a lion versus a sheep but the reality is the, the nature of who you and I are is often more like sheep than it is like a lion. And Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. This is a promise to believe. You see, Jesus can't lie. He's not a man that he should lie. If he said that you and I, as his followers, as his sheep will hear his voice, then that means that as the way, the truth and the life, that is a promise that you and I need to come into agreement with in order for us to begin to hear the voice of God. God wants to speak to you today even more than you want to hear him. The word hear occurs 1300 times in the Bible. And the reason why that word is so significant and important is because what you hear and what you do with what you hear determines the fruit or the outcome of your life. How is it that two people listening to the same word preached on a Sunday morning can produce two different types of fruit? It's the same word, the same anointing on the word, the same seed and capacity and potential in the Word of God. There's nothing wrong with the Word. The Word works. The Word works in Australia. It works in New Zealand. It works in Indonesia, in revival, in the largest Islamic nation on earth right now. It works. It works all over the earth. But why is it that we have two different outcomes or responses? You're sitting maybe on the same pew of chairs. You're listening to the same Word. And the reason why one can produce a hundredfold fruit, 30-fold fruit, or no fruit at all based upon the same word is because of the condition of the soil of our hearts that we hear the word with. You see, the parable of the sower is all about the condition of your heart determines how you hear the word and what you do with the word. So it wouldn't matter if it was Bishop T.D. Jakes or Pastor Tark, myself, or the angel Gabriel himself standing on this platform and giving the word. If the condition of your heart is resistant, it's bless me if you can. Let's see what this young whippersnapper from Australia can dish up to us today. If it's resistant, it doesn't matter how pure or how powerful the word is, it's not going to produce the fruit. We have got to constantly not just attend church and go through the motions of religion, but we've got to approach the Word of God from a posture of humility and relationship that says, God, I want you to do something new in me today. I want you to change me. I want you to transform me. I want you to make me more like Jesus. It comes back to the responsibility of the receiver of the Word to have the soil of their heart ready and pregnant for the Word of God. 
I remember I was ministering in overseas in Calcutta, India, and we went to Mother Teresa's uh, ministry center after she had passed away. We saw her graveside and, and just heard the stories. And there was a picture in that ministry center of her having her morning devotions with her Bible open and a little caption and question, Mother Teresa, what do you do when you pray? And she said simply, I listen. Now, I love the fact that there is such a resonance of heart and spirit and DNA when it comes to the prevailing spirit of prayer in this church, our church, Pastor Tark and Adrian and my wife and I, we're, we're, we're prayers. You can't be a man or woman of God without prayer. And there's something about persevering, prevailing prayer and declaring and confessing. But you've also equally got to understand the importance of listening prayer. The greatest profound truths that I have discovered about God have not come through my prayers, it's come through me listening to what it is that God wants to do. Someone once said, listen or your tongue will keep you deaf. And have you ever been in a one-way conversation with someone where maybe you're at the cafe and you thought it was like an actual communication conversation, let's have a chat, and they talk the entire time? Has anyone feel my pain? I remember riding a bike with a, an acquaintance one day and like literally for three hours, he talked the entire time. And he's talking about his problem in his, in his marriage and everything that's happening in his life. And I went to go, well, you could. And he just cut me off. And then he began to talk about his issues in his business. And I'm like, have you thought? And then he cut me off. And so I decided I'm gonna try and run faster and just tire this guy out. But the faster we rode, the more he talked. I'm like, now let's try and climb a hill and get him really breathless. He kept talking up the hill. Meanwhile, I'm blowing a gasket ready to die. I wanted to ride my bike into a wall to put myself out of the misery of all that he's talking. Have you ever been in a one-way conversation with someone where you had stuff to offer, but they're just talking and talking and talking like this preacher on the platform right now? <laughs> Have you ever thought that's how God feels about your prayer life? that you and I are talking and talking and talking and we're pouring out our heart and we're even really emotional about it. And God, there's this issue and that need. And God's like, well, you could. And we talk over the top of him. And then we, he goes, have you thought? And then we talk over the top of him. It's not like God is up in heaven, pulls out his heavenly journal and says, wow, this is just amazing revelation. Let me just write down in my journal all the amazing things that you're telling me. Something tells me God's got more to say to you and me than I've got to say to Him. Praise God that I can articulate and voice my prayers. Praise God that my prayer life can be a key for engaging in mental health and, and healthy spirituality. But let me tell you something, the greatest breakthroughs in your life will come out of the voice of God and the word that you hear, not what you declare out of your mouth. So Jesus not only said, my sheep hear my voice, which is a promise to believe, he said, I know them, which implies a lifestyle of intimacy. Yeah. Do you know bank tellers used to detect counterfeit notes, not by studying all the different ways that you could forge a dollar bill, but by studying the true and the genuine so well that when error passed under their eyes, they would know instantly the difference between truth and error. How do you discern 
between truth and error in your life. The more time you spend with the way, the truth, and the life, the more time you understand how God thinks, how God works, how God operates, the more quickly you can discern between what's the voice of the flesh, what's the voice of the enemy, and what is the voice of the Spirit. The problem is we want God like we order fast food in the driveway at McDonald's. We want it cheap, we want it nasty, and we want it now. Have you ever been just so hungry? You're like, I just, I'm ready to eat my elbow. You know, whatever we got to do. It's like I say, you know, sometimes the kids get so hungry, they're complaining. I'm like chewing your fingers for a while until we get to the Burger King or wherever we're going. But some of us want God like we order fast food takeaway. We drive our cars into the car park on Sunday and we look off the metaphorical spiritual menu and we look at worship and say, oh, I'd like a two song sandwich today, thank you very much. And then not too much free worship because that's a little bit freaky. Let's just go quickly through the one fast, one slow. Let's keep moving. Let's, when it comes to the offering, let's have a discounted spiritual experience today. Are there any discounts on the tide today? Is there any you know, products for sale in the house of God today that I could entertain? When it comes to the preaching of the word, let's not have a message that confronts my dysfunction. Oh no, let's just have a five minute little devotional thought that'll just pep me up and make me feel really good about all of my sin and all of the issues that are in my life. Can I particularly request communion today because it's like a mid-service pick-me-up snack in the middle of the service and I just like a, and instead of the biscuit and the juice, can we may up it to like a Mars bar and a can of Coke? I mean, is there something that we could just do to mix that around? And it's like, we wonder why we don't have any breakthroughs in our life. There is no such thing as drive-through breakthroughs. There's only breakthroughs that come as you walk with Jesus and you talk with Jesus and you live in His presence 24-7. You know, when I ran track in high school, there'd be like dudes who wouldn't train during the week, but they were talented. They turned up to the meets and they'd be huffing and puffing and intimidating and staring people down. And for a season, while they were young, their talent sustained them. But there came a time that the dude who was in a lifestyle of training versus relying on their talent would overrun and overwhelm the person who wasn't in a lifestyle of training. They didn't have to make a big song and dance about what they're about to do. Why? Because this is what we do every single day. This is bread for us. We show up every day and we train and because we're in a lifestyle of training we don't have to try and intimidate others around us this is often what happens in the life of a believer where someone who isn't in a lifestyle of intimacy every single day, the crisis comes, the doctor's report comes in, an issue happens in their business or in their finance and they run to God, they run to the pastor, they run to the church and say, why doesn't God love me? He's not speaking to me, what's happening? And they try and use emotional manipulation to get something that only comes from a lifestyle of intimacy every day, in every way, seek God. I'm telling you, when you're in a lifestyle of intimate relationship and every morning, every day, every night, you're conscious of the presence of God. You're spending time in His Word. When crisis does come, 
And the Bible teaches us that the storms of life, whether you're righteous or unrighteous, will come. It rains on the just and the unjust. It's not a matter of if, but when. So if it's a matter of when, if you're in a lifestyle of intimacy, you automatically, your default response is, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will lift up a sacrifice of praise. This shall not move me. I'm building my life on the rock of God's word. When you're in a lifestyle of intimacy, the curses that the enemy brings against you, the storms of life that come don't have the same impact upon your life. You see, Jesus not only said, we'll hear his voice, he not only said, I know them, but he said, they follow me. This is all about a heart to obey. It's one thing to hear his voice. It's another thing to know him, but it's saying, what do you do with that? See, more, most believers are more educated than they are obedient. We hear more than we put into action. I guarantee if you took 1% of anything that you've heard in this message today and put it into action, your life would profoundly change. I love what Pastor Tuck said yesterday over lunch. He said, we don't need another sermon. We need to obey the last sermon we heard. And often in the Western church, we hear sermon after sermon and we don't put it into action. Consider with me that Peter, the Apostle Peter, as a disciple, stepped out of a perfectly working boat and walked on top of the water, defying the laws of gravity based upon one word from Jesus. He said, Jesus, if that's you, bid me to come to you. And Jesus said, come, I like your faith. I like where you're at. Come, Peter. And Peter steps out of a perfectly working operational boat on one word from the Son of God, defied the laws of gravity, and supernaturally walked on top of the water. If that was you and I, if we were Peter, we'd want to go to the water walking conference, go to water walking university, read the water walking textbook, have the water walker lay hands on us. We would want to do everything we could before we actually stepped out. I want to know who's going to step out on the boat of comfort and convenience in their life based upon one word from the Holy Spirit. This is what I've learned, that someone with a lot of knowledge and, and no obedience will fall far behind someone with a little bit of knowledge, but a whole lot of obedience. And we wonder why. Why is that person getting blessed? Why is fruitfulness and breakthrough and all these things happening? And they've been a Christian for five minutes. I mean, I've been around here forever and I've earned my stripes, you know, and I've been doing this journey for a while and this Johnny come lately shows up and all of a sudden God's just pouring out blessing. i tell you why. Because it's not about your knowledge, it's about your faith and it's about you stepping out. Jesus didn't say, greater knowledge than this will you know. I'm all for knowledge, but that's not what he said. He said, greater works than these will you do. Based upon the revelation that God has given to you. You see, a greater works lifestyle requires you to step out on a 10 cent whisper from heaven. This is what I've discovered if you'll take the 10 cent slither of revelation God gives you and step out in faith on it, it compounds with interest. Most of the words that I share with people and ministry all began as a 10 cent little piece. But as I 
invested myself in faith, stepped out, it compounds, it turns into a dollar, turns into a hundred dollars. And before you know it, you're in the middle of a miraculous testimony, but it began with being faithful with the 10 cent little whisper of the Spirit of God in your life. That's exactly how the run from Sydney to Melbourne happened. We, were, we planted a church and we were needing to raise a hundred grand to fit out part of the facility and my wife and I were praying for two hours in our house on a Monday night. My wife goes to bed and I'm in the lounge room praying and the Holy Spirit says to me, I want you to run from Sydney to Melbourne. That was all he said. And I said, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. That is from the pit of hell. Only the devil would suggest such a ridiculous thing. And even though I'd been involved in sports and all sorts of things, I'm like, that's crazy. I started to measure the distance. I'm like, you're kidding me. I mean, even if it was on the Hume Highway, it's like 800K. And then after we did some research, we realized we're going to have to crisscross that thing. It's now 1,172 kilometers. There ain't no way that's going to happen. But two hours later, as I'm still pondering, I want you to run from Sydney to Melbourne to raise the money. I knew it was God. I turned up to my executive team the next day. I said, I know how we're going to raise the money. They're like, they're on the edge of their seat waiting for the pastor to tell them the great strategy for how we're going to raise the money. And I'm like, I'm going to run from Sydney to Melbourne. And we're going to launch out from Hillsong Church. And we're going to have a big thing, an outgoing thing. And we're going to run. And two weeks later, I'm going to arrive at a, like a miracle offering service. And, and we're going to raise over 100K. And they looked at me like you're looking at me right now. Like, you're crazy. And then they started to laugh. And then their laughter turned into, Pastor, we're going to be cheering you the whole way. We don't want anything to do with it. But you go for it. We'll be cheering you on. Three months later, we launched out from Hillsong Church in Castle Hill, Sydney. Darlene Check prayed for me, laid her hand on this shoulder. I haven't washed this shoulder to this day. And she prayed for us and we launched out two weeks later, 12 days of running, 1,172 kilometres, $160,000 later. On radio every day, the listening base went up 15,000 that two weeks. God did amazing things. We called it run past the run instead of run forest run. If you know what I mean from Forrest Gump, right? How did that all happen? It happened from a 10 cent whisper. Everyone wants the great testimony and the great story. No one wants to obey the 10 cent whisper that God puts into their heart and puts into their spirit. You cannot have a testimony without a test. The test of listening to the voice of God actually is what translates into the testimony that we share in others. You see, as we grow in catching the whispers of heaven, we discover a simple thing. Voice recognition is simply a byproduct of relationship. Now, when I was a police officer, I worked with a detective who worked on police shootings for two years, gathering evidence against two particular criminals who had shot and killed two police officers, Gary Silk and Rodney Miller. And as I worked with this man, I said, tell me about that investigation. It was years later. He said, for two years, I never met the offenders. I never cast an eye upon them. But for two years, two weeks on, two weeks off, I would listen to the surveillance and listening devices. 
gathering evidence, listening to their voices. He said, I came to know the tonality and expression of their voices so well that if they were to call up on the phone today and just start speaking, I would know instantly in a heartbeat who I was speaking to. I kind of think that's the kind of relationship we're to have with the voice of the Holy Spirit. So familiar, so alive, so dynamic, so common in our life that the moment he speaks, I know who that voice is. I remember being at the Royal Melbourne show, big amusement park, rides, laughter, music, thousands of people there at the show. And for 15 minutes, I lost our middle child, Zach, my son, in the crowd. He just disappeared, went to look at something. He's lost. My wife and I start running around crazy, you know, thinking we're the worst parents in the world. And I start to yell out his name. Zach, where are you? Zach, where are you? Until finally, after 15 minutes of running around, calling out his name, my young son bursts through the crowd with tears in his eyes. He runs up to me, gives me a big hug, and he says, Dad, I could hear you calling my name. I want to say to every single one of us today, Revelation 3.20, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. God is calling out your name today. He wants a deeper, more intimate relationship with you. Are you opening the door of your heart to the voice of your father or are the opinions of the world around you, the distractions of life so busy in your ears, you can't hear your name being called by your father? I want to challenge you today and I want to invite you today to open up your heart to the knocking of the Spirit of God and allow God to take away all that residue and junk away from your spiritual ears so that you can hear His voice today. Would you stand on your feet with me today? And if we have the band to come, you're here today and you say, God, you're speaking to me. There's a lot of clutter. There's a lot of distraction. There's a lot of busyness in my head, my heart, and there's not a lot of clarity. I need this word to be applied to my heart today. I want to open the door of my heart to the voice of the Spirit. Then with your eyes closed, I just want to invite you to raise your hands. I want to pray for you. If that's you right now, Father, right now in this room, I lift up every single person who's just simply and honestly and humbly coming to you saying, God, I need you to clear away the clutter of my heart. I need you to help me to lay aside the weights, the opinions, the noises of the world around me, the distractions, the lies that I've been listening and believing. I need you to clear all that away today through your word and by your spirit. I want to hear your voice. And Father, I pray right now in this moment, this amazing church and all that you've done, God, you've got so much more for them. Father, I pray right now that this word would pierce our hearts. And that your Holy Spirit, oh God, would convict us and encourage us and draw us closer to your heart today that we, like your sheep, would hear your voice. 
that we would know You in intimate relationship and we would follow You with a heart of obedience. It's so simple, yet so hard and yet so needed. Lord, I'm asking today that we would not complicate it. We would not make it more difficult than what it needs to be. But every morning we wake up, every night before we go to bed, every day we live, our hearts would be in tune with the frequency of Your Spirit. We wanna hear Your voice. We wanna hear Your affirmation over us today. And God, I just ask right now, would You tune our spiritual ears to the frequency of Your Spirit? Would You speak to us? Even in this moment, God wants to speak in this room beyond my words. Why don't You just begin to speak in tongues and pray right now? I believe God is gonna speak to people right now in this room. My brother in the white jacket, is that your partner? Would you just come forward? Just both of you, just come forward. Just come, just stand, lift your hands. I just want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for this couple. Maybe just someone to stand. I thank you, Father, for the call of God upon their lives. I see the blessing of the Lord upon you, coming on you in a powerful way. That there has been a great favour that's been on your life, but there's also been a great attack and difficulties and restrictions trying to limit the impact and influence of the seed of your life. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I just come against every attack of the enemy that's tried to distract you with the things of this world or uh, legal things that have been coming against you. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that there would be a great release of financial blessing and harvest over your life, over every single area of the work of your hands, even over your generational lines. I just speak blessing and fertility in Jesus' Name. Be fruitful and multiply in the Name of Jesus. I come against the curse of any spiritual, economic or physical barrenness right now. And I just speak multiplication and fruitfulness over your life, over your family and over the work of your hands right now in Jesus' Name. I rebuke the devourer. And Father, I pray as this couple, oh God, continues to honour You, Lord, with the fruit of what You've given to them. Father, I thank You for great harvest and increase is upon their lives as of this day. I confer it, I declare it over You today. This is a new day over You, over Your family and over Your future. In Jesus' precious Name. Come on, if you believe it, let's just thank the Lord right now in this place. Come on. You know what I've learned? If you can't rejoice in someone else's victory, you don't qualify for your own. We rejoice with those who rejoice and we mourn with those who mourn. Brother, just just come forward. Is any of your other family here or just you? Okay, they're in hospital. What's your name? Umesh. Father, let's just extend our hand towards this man right now. Father, I thank you for this man. I thank you for the call on his life. We just lift up his family to you right now in hospital. 
We pray, oh God, for supernatural healing, restoration right now. Father, I thank you. I just see there's such strength in you. It's like a pillar. It's like a a, a supportive pillar. And it's like God can build height and He can build things around you and, and you because there's such a strength inside of you. There's a strength of conviction. There's a strength of vision. There is a pillar-like quality to who you are and your spirituality. And I just feel like the Lord's saying, I wanna add height to you and, and your ministry. Obviously, there's been a, a, deeping, a deepening of the wells of your own walk with God. There's been some real challenges. And the Lord says, even in the midst of the challenges and the valleys, you are gonna climb I'm on the mountaintops of what I have for you and what I've called you to. And I see God adding height. I see particularly a few contracts coming your way out of the blue that God is gonna open amazing doors for you, that God is going to connect you into new relationships. God says, be open to the new because the old is gone and the new has come. And so Father, right now, I just pray that God, you would anoint this man, strengthen him, encourage him, help him to guard his heart, In fact, I feel like you have and therefore you're qualified. Bless Him mightily, I pray in Jesus' Name. Father, I pray right now for the spirit of prophecy to awaken in this room. The spirit of prophecy to awaken in this house. You, sir, would you like prayer? Yeah, come forward. What's your name? What's your name? Can we just extend our hand towards Gleon right now? Father, we lift up this man to you. These hands that have hurt people, the Lord says, will become healing hands. God has called you to be a healer, a repairer, and a restorer of the breach. And where there's been pain and hurt that has come through decisions made and there are regrets in your heart about that, the Lord says today I'm restoring and I'm healing. I'm restoring and I'm healing your heart right now in Jesus' name. In fact, right now, stay where you are, Gleon. If there's anyone here right now that has never asked Jesus Christ into your heart or into your life right now, you have an invitation, an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour, to receive forgiveness of sins in your own heart and to be restored into the family of God. Maybe you once did, but you're far away. Today, come back to Jesus. Maybe you've never prayed that prayer. Stay right there, man. Stay right there. But maybe you've never prayed that prayer, but right now, all across this room, if that's you, I want to pray for you right where you're at. Would you just raise your hand right now and we'll see it and we'll pray for you right now, wherever you're at. First time was a recommitment. Just raise your hand up right now if that's you and we'll pray together. I know there are people in this room because the Holy Spirit just told me, thank you so much, love. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your courage. Is there anybody else today say, yep, that's me. Just raise your hand up. We'll see it. We'll acknowledge it if you haven't already. And we'll pray for you wherever you are. Just raise your hand. Okay, even for one. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you for your courage and your honesty right now. Even up in the balcony, I believe God's speaking to people. It's not a time to worry about what other people think about you. It's like, where are you at with your relationship with God? If that's you right now and you say, God, I need you in my life. Forgive me of my sin. Come and live in my heart. 
Just raise your hand wherever you are. We'll see it. We'll acknowledge it. We'll pray together. Thank you. On my right, right up the back. Thank you so much. Amazing. 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 Can we, can we join in prayer and uh, just lift our voice up? Let's pray right now. Dear Jesus, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. I believe you're the Son of God. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sin, to wash me clean, to come live in my heart and to make me new. I receive by faith the gift of eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's honour Jesus in this place.